All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to a brand-new episode of The Real Life Podcast, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. I'm, I'm guessing my math is going to be incorrect, so if you're listening to this... Look at that, the bagged milk intro for today's episode of the Well, podcast. that's because I complained because Tyler played the real-life intro at the start of Oilers Nation Radio that we just recorded before then playing the ON Radio intro immediately after. Mm-hmm. I the did. one you played there is the one I'm not in, so I complained about it, so thank you. And your complaint was heard, and I played your special intro on this one. It's episode 341 of the Real Life Podcast, brought to you by the HGA Group, Next Generation of Business Services, built to serve you better. It's our first episode since the holiday break. So let's start with that. How was everybody's holidays? Bag milk. How was your giant Rubbermaid container of booze? That We polished that baby off in record <laughs> time. I'm going to say three, four hours. It was gone. We were feeling festive. The mood at the Castle Milk was excellent. The vibes were great. The tunes were blasting. I'm a big fan of Bodie M Christmas. We had that going. We played mm. some games, some board games. I love just random board game nights with the fam. So it was mm. excellent. Excellent Christmas. When I, when I worked at Safeway, they had a Christmas playlist on loop um, mm. during the holiday season. And I, I, there was only one song on the loop I didn't get sick of, and it was Boney M. Mm-hmm. I always look forward to that track. Boney mm-hmm. M is a great, great, great... Uh, I believe they're German, German group. <laughs> Yeah, doing a full day shift of the same songs looping over and over again, that'd be rough. Thankfully, oh. that was not the case. I remember fa- vivid memories of facing shelves at 11 p.m. where there's not like a whisper in the store outside of just the playlist. And you're just like, oh my God, again and again and again. That was the real grind. That was my first question for uh, Bag Milk Grimchuk yesterday uh, when I when I was chatting with Bag Milk was how did the, uh, the tub of, uh, of deliciousness go down? It was excellent, man. Query. The real problem was that I just didn't make enough. So next year we're going to double. So that was a double batch this year. We're going to double the double batch next a year. Quad batch. Wow. A quad batch. It's got to be done. Mm-hmm. When everybody's in the mood, everybody was feeling good. Everybody was in the mood for a couple of cocktails. It's just, they go down real nice. They go down uh, real nice. Uh, we, uh, at my family's mm-hmm. Christmas. So like my side of the family does, uh, like a Christmas, we do Christmas Eve. That's when we do like our big Ukrainian dinner and all that bunch of homemade pierogies or put a hat and, and all that good stuff. And my dad busted out a very nice bottle of tequila. And that was something. Cause I got pretty drunk with my family and that was oh, always cool. nice. What, what kind of tequila? Of, what, yeah. Well, and what kind of cocktails are we making? Um, I, we were just straight up doing shots of tequila, uh, which oh, was, which Generous. was, yeah, it was just a, it was a nice bottle of Patron. Um, 
And then, uh, yeah, I was, aside from that, I was just drinking rye. So I was mixing rye and tequila and it that was, is a uh, deadly combo. Yeah, uh-huh. it was. Um, but aside from that, it was great. I have a couple little nieces in my family, so it's always fun to watch how fired up they get at Christmas. Like I bought them, my gift to them was shovels. They, their mother said they needed kids shovels. So I bought oh them shovels God. and they, uncle Tyler. Yeah. I, I got them a little bit more than Shovel that too. I got them. Like, Shovel for you. Get out the saddle dome. Stole it from the saddle dome. It's not cool. Uh, yeah. But they fucking loved them. They were like running around my parents' living room, like shoveling up all the rafting paper and like cleaning and up. You and your red trucks get j- different joy. You see yeah, life you differently, don't you? Really get after it at the Christmas <laughs> in the Remchuk household. Uh, Everybody's shoveling. Yeah, it was fun. I don't know, man. Kids are funny. Um, Jay, how was your Christmas? Oh, it was uh, it was pretty chill. Um, legitimately, it's so fucking cold. I'm, I know everyone knows that, so I don't bitch about it too much. But I can't take hot dog for a walk. Yep. He's a he's a minus seven dog. That's his breaking point. He's just a little <laughs> guy. Minus seven, no that no dice. So tried a couple times, but it, we couldn't. Doesn't matter. And if you put too many layers on him, he gets really weirded out. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, no, it was it was a pretty chill. Uh, Chill Christmas. There's some people in our world that had close contacts and whatnot. So we just kind of kept our own. But um, yeah, it was good. Just kind of hung in, had a few beers, watched a lot of television, uh, ate a lot of baking. I have a lot, so many amazing friends. So many, so many baking Santas came uh, for a visit and dropped off baking at our house. And I, uh, I ate a lot. So I'm, uh, I'm pushing a lot more weight these days and looking forward to some physical activity. I'm playing hockey this afternoon and I can't wait. I'm also scared with how out of shape I'm going to be because I rode the Peloton a couple of times over the break and I was putting some embarrassing numbers together. So, and hockey's the kind of hockey's the kind of sport that'll expose you too. If your mm-hmm. if your cardio is not tight, it will expose you. So yeah, it'll look like Dmitry yeah. Smirkov. <sighs> yeah, you gotta. Couple of welcome to the NHL moments last night early yeah. on. Yeah, back to back. Yeah, that, and he almost had it. Like I know he had a couple of shifts after, but he had a couple other gaffes that I was kind of like, "Yikes, this guy is not NHL ready." We we're talking about it on Owen Radio, actually. Like, why was Broberg not just playing? Like, we're assuming there's some cap reason. But, yeah, I think that's it. But still, like I don't know. You're coming back from a break. I. I don't understand why he got that game over a guy um, like bro. I would have went five defensemen. <laughs> well, yeah, like Justin. Hindsight, hindsight says that, but yeah. Um, the good news is I saw some tweets from the Oilers that both Yesa Pugliarvi and Darnell Nurse are on the ice for Oilers practice today, which is uh, exciting stuff. Oilers Hello. starting to get healthy. And William Legison, come on. Yeah, I'm sure. I guess. I'm not a huge no, 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 no respect for Willie Legs, huh? Well, I just don't think he's going to play over Slater Cuckoo. So it, it you know, the oh, big oh, ones Slater. are Nurse and Pugliarvi. Um, yeah, so that's a that's good as well. Um, where should we go first here on the show? First off, where's Chalmers? Because Chalmers was supposed to be on the episode of the podcast. He said he's very gung ho as well. He was available he was. all day, is what he said. Yeah, and then and then immediately gave us like a one hour window when he was available, and it's now missed that window. Yep. Um, I'm expecting him to hop in at some point here and uh, and, and and join us. But uh, let's like do Chris it. Chalmers pop in brought to you by 7-Eleven Pizza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or brought to you by one of our actual sponsors. Why not that? The HGA group loves a Chris Chalmers pop in. Mm-hmm. Um, they do, we, actually. I kind of figured we could treat this like a little bit of a... Uh, like a little New Year's recap show, considering it is uh, New Year's Eve Eve. Um, so bag milk, you said you were writing something that's going out tomorrow, right? What is it? I've got, uh, well, I've got a bunch of things going out tomorrow. So if you're looking for bag milk content, tomorrow's a big day because I'll have risky business. I'll have the GDB. I'll have the wrap up and I'll also have my 21 things I learned in 2021 article that goes up a little bit towards uh, a little bit closer to the uh, the ball dropping. So that's just when I look back at the last year and kind of think, I tried to stick to the Oilers as much as I could, even though that kind of didn't happen all the time. But um, just 21 things that I learned this past year, things like don't get too excited when your GM has salary cap space because he's going to spend it in a way that pisses you off no matter what he does. Things like that. So something I do every year at Oilers Nation, and we'll see if I learned anything extra special this year as opposed to last year. 
Uh, Jay, what are some things you learned over the last calendar year here? Uh huh. Jay, you muted yourself, so we're not we're not hearing you right now. I just Sorry, thought he was. I thought no, you were I, pondering. Pause. I am pondering because that's a that's a that's a loaded question because it can be very big, it can be very small. Um, I did learn that hot dogs are minus seven dogs this year, but uh, I've already kind of used that one. Although I learned um, an excellent tip from you, as I saw you walking him at Home Depot the other day. That is a that is a elite level small dog tip. That, that is a that's a life hack. So Home Depot lets pets inside, um, and as I said, hot dog is a, a minus seven dog, so I can't take him outside. So I'm like, you know what? I need an extension cord because uh, you know what my you know who my my hard worker of the week is block heaters. Yeah, block heaters. They get a real they, legitimate they, job. <laughs> they have been fucking working their asses off, and thank you for my block heater because my truck has started beautifully every time. No qualms. Want to make sure to take care of the thing. Patient truck needs to, you know, I want it to have a long life. But uh, shout out block heaters. But I needed I needed a longer cord because all of our cords got tied up in the Christmas lights. <clears throat> so. That was a great opportunity to take hot dog uh, to Home Depot. And I literally walked him down, up and down every aisle um, just to get his walk in. That was his first walk in like 10 days. And then finally, he uh, came home and just crashed for like a day and a half, which was nice. So it was good to kind of tucker him out. So that's a good life hack. I learned that. Um, what have I learned? While you're thinking of that, uh, you did give a hardest worker of the week. And when we do that on the show, it's brought to you by TradesLink. If you don't know what TradesLink is yet, go give go give them a little uh, look. It's basically it's a local thing here in Edmonton. It's basically like LinkedIn, but for the trades. Really, really cool stuff. Give them a Google TradesLink. Sponsor our hardest worker of the week. When you want a second, you want a second group of hardware workers, like sure. anyone who trades who's working outside during this time. Oh my god. Mm. commend the shit out of them because they are braving the elements because it is not fun. And they're, they're getting like essential work done and a lot in a lot of instances because a lot of bad shit happens when it gets this cold. So shout out all those trades workers that are literally working outside, freezing their asses off. Yeah. Hell yeah. That, that is a great hardest worker. Mm-hmm. Tyler, what'd you learn this year? Uh, what did I, I like the point you made about uh, don't get too excited when your GM has cap space because I spent a lot of energy, both professionally and personally, thinking about all the ways Ken Holland was going to improve this team and fix their deficiencies with all that money he had. And granted, he got Nugent Hopkins signed and he brought in Zach Hyman, who's fit in wonderfully. Cody Cece was a good signing as well. But one year ago, if we would have sat here, or I shouldn't say a year ago, if eight months ago, when we sat down and we we're like, all right, what, what are the biggest holes on the Oilers as we headed into that trade deadline? We said they need to get a goalie. They need help on the left side of their blue line. And they need a third line center. And now we sit here and we read the reports about what the Oilers are looking to acquire at the deadline. And it's the same damn list. So that's frustrating. So that that is certainly something I'm going to agree with you on and something I learned there. Um I think a part of it too is, especially when it comes to sports fans and a fan base that's as diehard as Oilers fans are, you're never going to get everyone to agree on everything. Um, like, you know, I mean, if we want to tie this into even the game last night, I sent out a tweet. And again, like, I get Duncan Keith had to play 27 minutes and it was a lot of hockey for him to play. And he's not built that way. But the people who you can't get everyone to agree on everything. Like, yes, Duncan Keith shouldn't be playing 27 minutes a night, but the Oilers gave up a third round pick, froze their second round pick and are have him on their books on their cap hit for five over $5.5 million. And that guy can't handle 27 minutes once in a while. That's a concern. And that means they made a bad trade. Again, if Duncan Keith was at 50% retained making $2.8 million. Sure. The deal would have been fine. And I would have gone, you know what? They're only paying him 2.8 mil against the cap. I can understand him not being able to handle those heavy, heavy, heavy minutes that they were asking of him against St. Louis. But the the problem is anytime you send out what I think is actually really fair criticism of both the player and the trade, you're just met with these people who are like, oh, this is the problem with the Oilers. The media is all over a good veteran player. I had some DMs that you would not believe come to me in defense of Duncan Keith, like some really weird shit that people were coming at me about when it comes to it. It was just, I, you can't get everyone to agree on everything. And I guess that's the beauty of sports. And it's the reason why podcasts and radio shows can survive and thrive. But 
man, like this Duncan Keith thing just really showed me that when a fan base is divided and people are kind of stuck in their opinion, that shit don't change. Goes to my festivist grievances, Tyler. Toxic positivity. <laughs> Toxic <Yeah>. positivity. <laughs> Another um, thing I learned I, about the Oilers, the trade deadline will always be disappointing. Uh, <laughs> and free, well, I was going to say free agency, but this year wasn't too, too bad. My, yeah, free agency this year stuff. actually treated the Oilers pretty well. But uh, yeah, the trade deadline, always disappointing. Either It's either disappointing in the moment or disappointing in hindsight, right? Like you think yep. back to the deadline where they acquired Athanasiu and Mike Green and, and they brought in Tyler Ennis as well. And you're like, all right. The Oilers loaded up. Here we go. And then it's like, oh, pandemic. Oh, Athens is gone. Oh, Mike Green opted out. Oh, Tyler Ennis is, you know, Tyler Ennis. Um, that was that was a disappointing one. And then you go back to last year's deadline and it's like, oh, that just sucked in the moment because they didn't do anything. But yeah. <laughs> uh, gotta love a good retrospective. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, thing, but, the thing I learned during this time uh, is, and this is, you know, maybe more on the sentimental side, but, you know, being a year and a bit apart from, you know, doing what we're able to do with events and whatnot, really realizing and understanding how much I missed and appreciated those by able to have the golf tournament and do a viewing party uh, and kind of do some more normal-esque things. Um, that was really important and really filled my cup for 2021. I would also add in just to tag on to that, how much I learned... I've been very productive working from home the last two years, I think, but how much I missed a room full of people yelling at each other about the Oilers. We had right before the break happened, we had one of those days at nation HQ where there was like nine or 10 people in for the first time ever. And it was just the life in the room. I missed it. Yeah. There was, it was a vibe. It was the vibe. Coom was even back for it. He always had the vibe. It was, it was good to have everyone together. And that's where the real good shit comes from. Um, and, you know, you, you miss that when we have to work from home. So it was a nice little window. And now here we are again working from home, but hopefully we can get back together here soon enough. And with the HGA group popping, Chris Chalmers. What's up, everybody? You're in your truck. Did you not know what time we were recording this at? <laughs> Dude, okay. So this is. So uh, first time, we'll get into why I haven't left my house in a minute, but for the first time all week, I left my house to go check on an acreage that I'm building. Mm -hmm. And I thought I would have enough time to get out here, get back to the house. Um, but when I got out here, you know, in construction, there's a few things that can happen. First off, the gate that gets me into the property, the, the, the solar panels were full of snow. So they weren't, the battery was basically dead to this gate. Now. The gate to the house is probably about 600 yards, <laughs> so it's not close. So I had to hop this fence in my big boots and my winter jacket and truck all the way to the house. And then when I got there, of course, the furnace isn't working, so we could get this house not freezing up. And then dredge it all the way back. Uh, wow. Chalmers, you got to turn off your video or something, man. You are, yeah, you are a robot. Out, yeah, this sounds just terrible. Um, anyways, this is a nice throwback to all the <laughs> pandemic back. shows I was like, we did. Oh, don't worry, I'll be back at least by, by one o'clock. What the hell is that? I don't know. Now he's just bouncing around and we're getting random Chalmers quotes <laughs> interjecting into our other uh, sentences. But um, all right. So the bottom line is Chalmers thought he would be able to join us and a gate at an acreage did not allow him to do so. So um, hopefully I, I don't he's both muted and his camera's off. So um, <laughs> hell of a pop in from Chris Chalmers. Yeah. Thank you. Did you miss these, so Tyler? Did you no, miss all not the at all, man. recordings? God, I just, I wish we could have just stayed back and this Omicron thing didn't happen. And I'm excited once again for when we can get back into the studio because it sounded better. And I'm a, I'm a guy who likes putting together a podcast that sounds good. Um, but big sound guy. Yeah, big sound guy. I mean, we spent 10 minutes before the show trying to figure out how to get Jay to sound a little bit better. And then, you know, technology is a bitch at the best of times. Um, so that didn't happen. Uh, Chalmers now. Oh, okay. Jacket off. See, Chalmers is going jacketless in the truck. And I think that may have been the key. Tarps uh, off. Tarps yep. opti. Well, I'm also not, I'm not very close to the city. So my reception might be bad. So I don't know how well this is going to work. Might be. Might be. <laughs> yeah. You sound like you're in, you're in the Valley of death here in terms of cell phone service. 
Oh, that's funny. Um, anyways, we're back to our classic real life shit here with, uh, with us doing this show mobily. Um, <laughs> what were we even talking about before Chalmers hopped in? Lessons on lessons from 2021. Oh yeah. Lessons from 2021. I was going to spin that into uh, my resolutions for uh, 2022 and uh bag milk. You gave yours on Oilers nation radio. I have an article up on the website with some of mine, um, including where I admit that I was wrong in our debate about are the Oilers tough enough or are they aggressive enough? Um, and the answer to that is definitely no. Um, but Jay, any like resolutions for the team you'd like them to have in, in 2022? The team. Yeah. I guess some more secondary scoring. Uh, we saw blips of it, but uh, I think that would be great. And hopefully, I realize probably trying to get a goalie at the deadline is not realistic. Hopefully, Mike Smith can get back to tip-top shape um, and we can play better defensively. There's three, there's three resolutions for you. I'll tag on to the toughness thing that's been talked about a lot. I'd love the Oilers to have more of a pack mentality going into next Uh year. There are too many times. I said this on ON radio before we started this one. There's, I watched a bunch of hockey over the last month and a half or so. There's so many times when teams get into scrums or they're all in it together. Somebody taps their goalie, somebody, they hit somebody else and they all jump into the pile together. You don't see that with the Oilers all that much. And I think if they got that going, I don't know if they need a good line brawl to get everybody on the same page with this or something, but they need to develop that pack mentality where it doesn't just have to be Connor or Leon or the goalie that gets touched. They need to defend each other and they need to play with each other. And it doesn't take the big guy to get dirty in the corners and get a little bit greasy in the scrums. You don't have to be a fighter to do it, but man, would I love some more pack mentality going into the new year. Mm -hmm. Well, that builds camaraderie, right? And that makes everyone play, play for each other a little bit harder. uh, So it unlocks a different level. And, you know, that's winning teams, man. That's they possess that. Yeah, it's definitely something I'd like to see them approve on. Just get more aggressive. And if you head over and read my article at Oilers Nation, I also talked about wanting the organization to be more aggressive off the ice in terms of acquiring players going into this trade deadline. I want Ken Holland to go all in and uh, improving the game day experience at Rogers Place. I want to I want to see them get more aggressive when it comes to trying to fill up that building as well. Um, I think Chalmers connection has has maybe strengthened a little bit here. So Chalmers, how was your holiday season? Well, it was good. It was good. Yeah, I got three bars right now, so I think we're living. Tell me if it sounds bad. Just cut me off at any time. Um, my Christmas season was a little bit different. I don't know if uh, we've talked about it yet, but I got the Omicron virus. I am Omicron positive as of I just got out of my quarantine yesterday, and I am uh, I'm feeling good. My whole family got it. At one point, we were three of us were positive, and you wouldn't even know one of us was sick. It was uh, it was wild, um, very frustrating. It kind of turned Christmas into a weird season. This is the second year in a row we've we've been stuck at home because we had a close contact last year. Um, so no family again. A lot of Mario Party, a lot of Mario Kart, and just hanging out at home, man, trying to make the best of it. That is too bad. Um, yeah. Oh man, there's okay. a lot. There's a lot of people that had that you know Omicron yep. Christmas. Yep. Yeah. Tons. And but so for two years, I've been worried about getting COVID. My kids getting COVID. How would we react to it? You know, I had a very positive experience with it. Obviously, as positive as you could have <laughs> with something like that, because I was <laughs> I was absolutely asymptomatic. I did not get sick. Now, my wife and my kids, they both, my wife and my one son. They had a, a day where they just didn't feel 100%. They, you know, a little bit hot, um, but it was nothing a, a child's Advil couldn't take care of. Um, and then my, 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 my oldest son, he's been with us in that house for 12 days, and he has, no, has had no symptoms. We've tested him with, a, with, a, with a, a rapid test every three days. Nothing. No positives, no nothing. And so he just didn't get it. He just simply did not get it. And it's not like we were trying not to get it for him. But, you know, just all this stuff about, you know, you worry about your kids and you worry about them getting it. But the relief that I feel now that one of them's had it and one of them's been super exposed to it and didn't get it. And the one that did had it was just, it was the most minor cold he's had in the last couple of years. It just, it, it gave me a lot of relief. It gave me a lot of relief, but it also made me feel a certain way, which, 
I don't want to get into um, about the whole thing and about them closing down the world juniors and about just restrictions tightening. I understand numbers are up, but you know, I, it, it, it made me feel a certain type of way about this because we, I've seen my kids sick before and I've seen them have colds and I've been a lot more worried about them at that time than I was this time for something that we've been hungering down about. But you know what? That's political. It is what it is. I don't, like I said, I'm not the type of person that likes to get into it all that much. Um, I'm just really disappointed with like the world juniors shutting down uh, yeah. that they couldn't have done a tighter system. I mean, I'm sure you guys have already talked about this. Um, it, it's just devastating. You know, it's devastating for these kids. And Ray Ferraro said it the best I had heard. You know, this is a lot of these kids' biggest moments in their hockey. And it's just, it just puts a real cherry on top of this. All right. Yeah, you, we're going to mute You Chalmers. sound like Omicron. Yeah. Yeah, you sound, you sound like Omicron. <laughs> I am going to try and mute Chalmers. To echo on to Chalmers, the, another, hard, another hardworking... Uh, <laughs> how? I, he's muted. How is this sound coming through? It's because it's delayed. It's what he was saying before oh. he was. It's yeah. Okay. So so another hard uh, hard worker performer of the week would be the vaccine. Um, mm-hmm. I think Chalmers' uh, very mild experience could be attributed to being a vaccinated individual, and it was doing its job. Hundred mm-hmm. so percent. That's a relief. Yeah, he's given us a thumbs up. So even though his audio isn't working, he's he's listening to what we're saying. So yeah, shout out to that. Um, but yeah, super frustrating to see the world juniors canceled. Um, again, my frustration is in a lot of different places, but mainly like you're the double IHF. You pulled off a world juniors in the middle of a pandemic 12 months ago, and you didn't just copy and paste the format. Like I get that you wanted to give games to Red Deer, but why didn't you have a bubble in Red Deer? Why were these players having any sort of exposure to the general public? Um, we laughed about Red Deer wedding trending. Like, seriously, there was a wedding in this hotel where you had the players and it's just the double eyes up. They got a little greedy or they got a lot greedy. And it's it would have been very simple to pull this off and do it the exact same way you did it last year. Put fans in rec- or in Rogers place. That's fine. It, it would have been fine. But why didn't you have a tighter bubble around this thing? just blows my mind and super, super disappointing to see that. I mean, all these kids got to come, come to Edmonton and red deer and had that dream of playing in a world juniors pretty much ripped from them before it even got going. Yeah, it's a bummer. What I still don't get is it's four. It was four cases. Yeah. But we're finding out today that it was more right. Like Canada had a positive. Some officials did. I think they said there was even a couple more teams on top of Canada who had positive tests. So I think, the idea of it was only four when they canceled it. I think the double IHF knew more shit was coming and that's probably why they did cancel it. Um, and, and who knows how bad it, it could have gotten if they kept going and how many more cases would have popped up. Like we saw with some NHL teams, like when it gets going in your team, it goes. Um, but I just can't believe they didn't have a tighter bubble for this thing. That's just, it's really annoying to see the double IHF drop the ball on this ship. I just feel a really bad, bad for the double IHF. A bad I year feel- for the double IHF. I just feel bad for the kids. You know, uh, James Duffy posted a photo yesterday of team Germany out on the ice at Rogers place, taking photos with each other before eventually making their way home or to their junior teams or wherever they're going. And I just like Chalmers said, or Ray Ferraro said, I guess this is a huge moment for so many of them. Like I was watching Canada light up team Austria before the tournament ended up getting canceled. And, but when Austria scored and you saw how excited they were to get a goal against Canada and then they happened twice. So they doubled their goal total. I just feel bad for those kids who, this is such an incredible opportunity for them to play on the world's biggest stage at their level. And it just got pulled right out from under them. It's, I, it's way worse to have the tournament have started and they're working on it and they're going towards you know the the elimination rounds and then have it stop as opposed to just canceled outright entirely so i just feel the worst for the kids that were playing uh-huh. yeah that uh that sucks big time and i know they've talked about maybe playing it at a, at a later date and as cool as it would kind of be to, to get some hockey in like july or whatever that is the world juniors just not the same like like such a big part of it is is the Christmas time, right? You you have this weird week right now between Christmas and New Year's where like you don't really know what day it is. You don't really know what time it is and at any given point, but you know that yeah. there's probably going to be World Juniors on and now it just feels like super weird to not have that. Chalmers, I think your connection's okay if you want to chime in again on this. 
Yeah, I apologize. You know, I, I, I was going to say, if we wait about another five minutes, I'm going to be on a major highway here, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'll have good service. But, yeah, Christmas is weird right now. And it, it, you're right. I didn't know. I don't know what day it is. And, like, that's what World Juniors does for you is it gives you structure over this time. It just ever since I was a kid, it provided that structure between, you know, Christmas and New Year's and then gave you something to do after New Year's when everything was, you know, seemingly over. And you're like, oh, God, now I got to get back to work. and resolutions are starting and well we still got world juniors to look forward to right and so yeah you're you're right you're right and um yeah, playing at a later date i just i go back to like what mcconnor says and then i saw that stamkos meme where it's like if he doesn't get to play in the in the in the in the olympics 2026 like it'll basically be 12 or is it 16 years of just disappointment for him every single time something comes up for him, you know, and Connor said it the best. He's like, we need a best on best tournament soon. Like, I think these guys are thr- like, they, they need it. They want it. They need it. And it just keeps getting taken away from them. It sucks. I was really looking forward to the Olympics. Like really, really, really looking forward to the Olympics. And well, it's even weird yeah. that the Olympics are just over a month away and all this shit is going on. Like, is it actually going to happen? It seems like it, but who knows? Well, they're trying to create a bubble, right? Like they, it's a like a demarcated area where you can't, unless you're part of the bubble, you can't. I think leave or or enter. So I think Dude, they're trying the to. Summer yeah. Olympics pull it off. Like why can't the Winter Olympics pull it off? So that's true. The Summer Olympics, though, they just bumped it a year. Hoping it would get better. I mean, obviously it did. Yeah. It was weird well, though, having yeah, fanless Olympics. It was weird. Like, I, and I, I, I get like, like I'm, I'm happy the players are speaking out saying I like that, like this is taken away from us and I'd want to go. But like, I also get like, like being stuck in a like a weird bubble in a faraway country for five weeks would be kind of weird too. So like, I get like avoiding that. But you know, if the players want to play, let them play. But if there's, if there, if you're, if you were an athlete who has, you know, either been in the last Olympics and worked for four years to just get back and, and, and do it again, or this is going to be your first Olympics and you knew that you'd put in all that work, a lifetime's worth of work, would you really let the idea of being in a foreign country in a bubble that might be a little bit weird kind of outweigh yeah. all the work if that I'm, you've done if i'm if, if i'm a speed skater chalmers absolutely i forgo I, I i don't i i, I write off the risk and go for it because sure. it's niche but but with hockey being a business and your team if you're the oilers and say we had to lose mcdavid for three weeks because he's in quarantine in china we would be fucking pissed and so would the oilers but if mcdavid's saying he wants to go then i want him to go yeah I, I get it. And I, I'm so mad that we spent so much time talking about like, oh, Connor and McDavid or Connor and Crosby playing together and Connor and McKinnon playing together. And like how cool that would have been. But at the same time, like the NHL does need to make sure their season is held legitimately. And I don't want to see the Stanley Cup handed out in mid-July either. Right. Like they have a lot of games now that they need to reschedule and make up. So it's not ideal. It sucks. I, I, I get the business side of it. I get the business side of it. It's, it's, it's a no win situation. Mm-hmm. And what, like Brad Marchand right? so, said, Brad Marchand did his whole thing where he was like, we'll forfeit the money. Like, let us go. And he, I, I won't take my pay or whatever he kind of said. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, but even that, like if you were an Oilers fan, how would you feel if they had a big stretch of four weeks and McDavid and dry both dipped? We, I like, I'd get it. I'd be like, yeah, man, you want to go represent your country, but then I'd be sitting there going, well, fuck the Oilers are now kind of screwed. And what if they missed the playoffs? Cause they didn't have their two best players for four weeks. And of course, yeah. if there's hockey being played and they're away, like that does suck. But like, I get that. Like, trust me, if in, in, in the, the big question of would you rather team Canada win a gold medal or the Oilers win a Stanley cup? It is 100% Oilers win a Stanley cup. Yep. 100%. Um, so like in that circumstance, yes. But like, I just saw, I just wish that they could still somehow pull off the Olympic. It, it just would have been cool to see. I get, I get why they're not. I, I get all sides. Um, but it's just, it's a fucking shame because the players wanted it so badly. They negotiated in CBA. You know, the path was, it was, the stage was set. It was going to happen. We were finally going to see McDavid on the Team Canada jersey trying to go for a gold medal. Like it would have been fucking awesome. It was. You guys I mean, see just, that. Uh, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, we got robbed too of like, there's nothing better than when, and you can still do it because the Canada will have a team, but waking up at an absurd hour and having beers cheering on the boys is just, it's the best. And I'm going to miss that. We had a 4 a.m. viewing party at the Pint Man that one year. It's so so fucking unbelievable. Yeah, that was a a, a unique. It's a unique experience. Like, I don't know why the Olympics doesn't try to do what Tokyo did and delay it a year. Yeah. It would be nice. That would be really nice. Like, I, I don't know. Like, and, 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 and you'd think like hockey is, and, and, and I'm sure you know, I'm going to offend some people by saying this, but hockey is the marquee event of the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Well, I don't think you're right? offending so, very many people at all. It's like the 100 meter dash in the summer games, right? That's the marquee. No, event. like, yeah, like I now I get like, you know, like it's you're catering because the NHL players are catering to them to not uh, catering to them because they can't be there moving the Olympics. But like, it's not just the hockey players. It's it's everyone else. Like, um, I know like everyone like you train for Olympics, like there's like a special training regimen. Like it's a four year training program for the Olympics of how they train each year leading up to it. And I know that would fuck with all that, but it would everyone would be in the same boat at least. Yeah. So it would make more sense to to do that but i don't know all right uh before we move on here let's do a little ad read and give some love to our friends at twig and berries i wonder what twig and berries has going on uh for boxing day i'm gonna fire up twigandberries.ca right boxing now week. and give it a peek boxing week of course yes because it's no longer boxing day but they do have an on sale section they do have a wholesale section as well and you can use the promo code nation 15 to get you 15 percent off your order at twigandberries.ca. Free shipping on orders over $75 still, I believe, as well. So good stuff going on over with our friends at Twig and Berries. Uh, two afternoon games coming up for the Oilers. This was my hot performer of the week over on ON Radio, but 11 o'clock on New Year's, New Year's Eve and then noon on New Year's Day. Um, I fucking love it. Everyone else on board with this? Uh, I would like it more if there if just that means saturday for me is going to be as equally busy as tomorrow so i would like it more if it wasn't a back-to-back um but it is what it is i'm looking forward to writing and i'm looking forward to interacting with people and we'll do a new year's beat cast after the game on saturday we'll wish everybody a happy new year so we'll make some fun it'll be a beer cast it'll be a daytime beer cast it might be a beer cast either way so um yeah, I'm looking forward to watching them play. It is weird though, at an 11 a.m. start on New Year's Eve. Normally, it's the standard kind of start time, but it is what it is. At least the others have been good in matinees. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I finish your thought. I just didn't know when to jump in there. Oh, I'm done. I was just gonna say, at least the others have been good with matinees. So here's yeah. a couple. Hopefully, they tack on four points on the board here. And we're playing well, with Jersey. Jersey tomorrow, New York on Saturday. Oh, wow. I think that's a, the hockey schedule makers. Yeah, noon yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, noon. Oh, my God. Gross. I cannot wait for it. I am so excited because we basically can't do anything for New Year's anyways. So that's a beautiful two days for me. <laughs> Stuck in my house with my like my family. They, they, they got a, little, a couple days left in their quarantine. So uh, we're stuck in there. And I'm I'm very excited. When I was I had bad service back there, but I did want to jump in about like I always think about winners and losers of different situations and uh, world juniors. There's not very many winners, but one big one, Connor Bedard, man, to have that game before they shut the thing down, yeah. just put him all in like this air of like, he's a God now, just a young God. It was unreal. Like he very easily could have scored a fifth goal as well. And anytime oh, yeah. you do something where the sentence includes just your name and Wayne Gretzky's, um, you obviously are pretty special. But yeah, this guy, I mean, the exceptional status in the WHL, you knew he was going to be good. Um, and to do that in a game as a 16 year old leaves you sitting here going, boy, next year's World Juniors when this guy's 17. Like I, I'm expecting a McDavid esque performance from him at that tournament. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like that was, uh, that was his coming out party and wow, that kid showed some game. So hell of a shot on the kid too. He's a hell of a shot, a hell of a release. Um, He's only going to get better. That's the crazy thing. We, we had Chris Peters on, uh, the daily face off show or sorry, no, the DFO rundown. And he was asked about Connor Bedard and he said, uh, you know, a lot of people are comparing his shot to Austin Matthews and Peters basically said, 
Um, I saw Austin Matthews shot at 16. It was not that good. Bedard shot is better at his age than Matthews was, which is an insane thing to think about because Matthews has probably the best shot in the NHL right now. Um, but yeah, Connor Bedard is going to be super, super special. So another uh, big well, one for I, Team Canada. Oh, wait for Carter Savoy, the, man. Uh, I, I saw the projected to 2026 lineup and to see him on there on the wing with Connor McDavid. I mean, it's just, that lineup was quite interesting. I don't, I don't know what to make of it, but some names on there, I wasn't too sure about. I don't even know a couple of them. I, I love that already. How the Olympics this year it didn't work out for the NHL players, so we're already projecting for 2026. I find that very funny. That's all we got. That's all we got. I really want to see. Uh, I It'll really want Italy. to see a, pro- this, a projected roster for 2026, just to sort of feast my eyes on it here. Um, yeah, that's a, that is a very interesting group. I like that the one I'm reading, at least, still has Crosby as the fourth line center. A little veteran presence in 2026. I'm looking ahead. So at he'll be 30. 39. Wow. Oh, no, he'll be... 38? 38, yeah, he won't turn 30. He's a late birthday. Um, yeah, I don't recognize still be good. one of these names either. Wow, that's a really interesting team. Um, Carter Hart and Sebastian Cosa as the starting goalies. That's, uh, that's really interesting. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting into this right now, because it's like whatever, four years away. Um, but that, that's fine. Why not, man? Yeah. Why not? Um, all we got, man. Yeah, it is. It is all we got. Uh, anything else you guys want to hit on? What else you got? I don't know. It's just been kind of a weird little bit here. So I don't know. I'm happy that hockey's back. I was pissed off the performance last night, but yeah, I expect them to beat New Jersey tomorrow, but they better, happy, they better win to... both these games. Well, last night was just sloppy. Nurse. Well, it was, it was, it was sloppy. Like, but like, we, we, we played well enough to have a chance to win that game. Or at least certain elements, at least, but like, yeah, those, those, those Samurkov gaffes, that Keith gaff, um, you know, those were like crazy good chances we gave up and they buried on all of them. Like, you know, we didn't do ourselves any favors, but you know, I thought, you know, we created a lot of offense. I can't believe Connor didn't score there. I can't believe Fogel didn't score there. Oh. Um, you know, we created chances. So, you know, we, 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 we did in some L in some aspects of the game, we did enough to win, but obviously there were some big mistakes that, that, that St. Louis cashed in on. And that what was like think of Smith? the annoying thing. That Smith was fine. He was fine. The puck mover Smith was still there. He was out and aggressive and all that stuff. So I thought Smith was perfectly okay. Good first game was- back. Yeah, I was more nervous about him having Russ to knock off than he showed. I mean, some of those goals he had, he had no chance on them, you know? So he was all right. I I expect him to be better tomorrow against New Jersey, provided he plays. He's going to play one of the next two, but I would imagine it's tomorrow. Are we at all surprised that they uh, sent Skinner down and didn't like try to put Koskin in through waivers or something? I think they, well, Koskin has no movement clause. Is it a no move still, or did it get traded to no move? No, it's a modified no trade now, according oh, to the it? site I'm looking at. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah, because they had to do it because of cap reasons or whatever the hell, or sort of taxi squad reasons. Well, yeah, Skinner isn't Skinner's not eligible to be on the taxi squad, which is why Konovalov's now up on the taxi squad for them. And Skinner actually played in Bakersfield the other night and played like really well in a in a winning effort. And he um, showed up ten minutes before the game started or something like that. And yeah, he's something yeah. having himself yeah. a hell of a run in the AHL. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he he is he owns the AHL. Yeah, that is a uh, that's an AHL Hall of Famer right there, Stuart Skinner, or at least in the future yeah. or whatever. But uh, I was a little bit surprised that they didn't throw Koskinen in on waivers just to see if anyone would bite. Like if someone's going to claim him and take that entire contract off your hands, like, I would imagine you're all Who over that shit. Who the fuck is going to bite on that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no one would. Who, but I mean, do who's going to bite on that? <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. That guy is unmovable unless. We're giving up a very high draft pick along with Yeah, it. I just I just don't see a scenario where he doesn't finish the year here. I so, I think they can move him at the deadline. Like as yeah, part of you a deal. To, you like pay, yeah, yeah. You have to pay heftily. Now your M Chuck, put on your uh put on your traded line wish list hat. What would you like who would you like us to go get? Ricard Raquel. No, I'm kidding. Um, who would I like us to go get? We talked about this a little bit earlier on, on uh, the other pod as well, but I, I do think they need to get a left defenseman. I think that's gotta be pretty high on their list. I would imagine who? they're going to dangle a guy like Dmitry Samurakov. 
Um, there's, Ooh, we didn't help us trade back. <laughs> no, <laughs> so when that was happening, I was like, fuck. I'm like, if we have to trade that guy, that, that he, he just went down a pip. The, the problem right now is that there's not a lot of names out there, right? So like I, I, one of the guys that is, is Ben Sherratt. I mean, a UFA at the end of the year, three and a half million dollar cap hit right now. He'd be a good fit and he'd be, you know, kind of that tough as nails, left-handed shutdown D man that I think the team would really benefit from the talk about him potentially getting a be, be costing a first round pick to acquire is insane though. I'm not giving up a first round pick for Ben Sherrod. I'd give up Samurakov and a low draft pick a fifth rounder in Samurakov for Sherrod or next year's second rounder, maybe for Ben Sherrod, but I'm not giving up a first round pick. Even the second round pick. I'm a little bit hesitant on, but it's the deadline. You got to pay prices like that. Um, yeah. But ben Sherrod's an interesting one for me. You kind of need to keep an eye on who's going to fall out of the race between now and the trade deadline as well. Cause that's obviously going to have a big impact on, on who gets moved and whatnot. But I don't know. Like I'm just kind of flipping through the teams right now. Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov in Columbus. He's got one more year at 2.8 million. He's a left-handed defenseman, 26 years old, big body. That's not exactly like a slam dunk solution though. There's, there's not a lot you of names out there right now that intrigue me. Rick brought it up again on Oilers Nation Radio, and if they could find a way to make the math work, which would be impossible probably, but man, a guy like Brendan Gallagher out of Montreal would do a lot for helping oh. my New Year's resolution of pack mentality. That guy is oh. a bulldog. And I would love for the Oilers to go out fishing for a guy like that. I would too. Is he available? Is, is, there, is there rumblings that he could be taken? Because like, I know so, like, Montreal is going to be going through a rebuild, so... And Gallagher in the past has been pretty vocal about not wanting to play for a rebuilding team and not wanting to go through a rebuild. So that's why there was a little bit of talk. Jeff Merrick was the one that really sparked it. The problem is he makes six and a half million bucks for the next one, two, three, four, five, next five seasons. So like, how can you even make that money work? So you're just to make the money work. Montreal has got to take Koskinen and Cassian. So they don't want that. And they don't want that. that, no, because what's our cap space for next year? We only we have like basically nothing. The Oilers projected for next season are going to have. Duh, 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 where is it on here? They're projected right now to have about six to seven million bucks. So you got to sign need a goalie in there. You need a goalie and you need yes, a Puljujarvi signed. There's your seven million dollars, right? I mean the. The big thing would be if Duncan Keith retires, because then you're getting the $3 million <laughs> bonus and you suddenly have $10 million or more than that. You'd get Keith's five and a half off the books and another you have $15 million in cap space at that point. That'd be fantastic. I don't think that's going to happen. I can't see that happening. Um, so they're too tight up against the cap to make this thing work. So, yeah, I just I think I don't you got to do it and worry about it in the offseason. Go full Tampa Bay. But again, like the. So what if in the offseason, what if you can't move out any more money? Because look up front, you'd be, if you were to go out and acquire Gallagher, you'd have McDavid, Drysettle, Hyman, Nuge, Gallagher, and Fogle as kind of your bigger pieces. I know Fogle only makes 2.75, but you're not moving any of those guys. So then you get to the blue line and you're probably not going to be able to move on from Duncan Keith again, unless he retires, but you can't bank on that. So you'd have to trade Tyson Berry at that point. And this is assuming Montreal would want to take Koskinen in and Cassian in the deal. Like you're it's too many hoops. I I'd love Brendan Gallagher. I just don't think it's realistic. I think the Oilers are only really going to be in the market for rentals. Yeah, I agree. You're right. But like, that's the, if we're just, you know, mm-hmm. dreaming and wishing Brendan Gallagher you, is the exact, you gotta do it. But, that, but these are the things you gotta just fucking do it and then make sense of it in the off season. Yeah. I, I wish that was, I, I know. I, I, I know. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's easier said than done, but these would fucking look, look at Vegas. Look at, look at Tampa. Like these guys are always fucking tap dancing around this shit and they pull it off. We never seem to, and that's, I agree with Jay. We never ever see the Oilers figuring out creative ways to tap dance around the issue. Yeah. Like fuck, maybe there's a three-way trade. Like, like I said, if we're leveraging the future and we are building out our roster for the next three years, you know, throwing some picks around so teams can pick up some, take some salary off the books is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, that's what these teams do, man. Like you look at the caps, you look at like, they're just always just moving people around um, that, that, that just to unlock 700 grand in salary caps so they can 
do this one move. Like we don't do enough of that. We just yeah, kind of like, well, this is the situation and that's all it's going to be. And all we can get is Dmitry Kulikov. Like we got to, we got to go next level GM here yeah. uh, and enter rockstar mode and just fucking find a way. I Are just, you? I I'm would... not it's impossible, but I'm not confident in the current GM's ability to be that guy. No, I agree. Well, he needs a good capologist. Like we should get fucking hard from puck PD to start putting together some crazy scenarios. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I worry about Ken Holland's ability to pull off that kind of trade, even though that's exactly what I'd love to see. Just well, one of those ones good GMs where, do, man. That's I what agree. good GMs do. Just one of those ones where, you know, everybody else outside of Edmonton goes, Whoa, how'd they do that? Like we don't no. have that happen really at all. I, we should be doing three-way trades with Buffalo like crazy and just filling them up with fucking draft picks. What about a guy like Max Domi? I'd have time for him. 5.3 mils. So you need Columbus to oh, keep half. You, Columbus, and he's a UFA at the end of the year. So you're getting him as a rental. If Columbus keeps half, that's 2.65 million. Your M truck math. That was very well done by me. I'm complimenting myself. Um, Max Domi, like center could play the wing for you as well. A bit of a versatile piece. That's a guy I'd have time for in, in your top nine. Um, but again, what's the cost? If you need Columbus to keep half, there's no way they're taking Miko Koskinen. So like, how, how can you make that work? It's just finish GM. I think he just owes us one finish GM takes Miko Koskinen. GM. Cause he's maybe, maybe like, you know, the Finns love Nico for what he's done on the national stage. Yeah. Now I know this is, this is just me being silly, but like, you know, maybe, He's only got he's only got one. This is he's only got yeah. this year left. That's why I don't he think it's insane up. that he gets moved at the deadline as part of some sort of deal where it's either like you know the Oilers are flipping him to Buffalo for future considerations, and you know you throw him a prospect at some point or something like that, or even Arizona just sits there and goes, "Yeah, if you're going to give us a fifth rounder, we'll take the last couple whatever of Koskinen's deal." Because the other thing too is he's he's four and a half against the cap. But his base salary this year, um, oh no, sorry, his base salary is still four and a half. So um, no, never mind. Not ideal. Ignore what, thanks, ignore Pete. what I brought that up. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Shout out to Peter Shirelli. Couldn't even make it a back diving deal to make it easier. Thanks, Pete. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, it'll be say three years ago when Pete ruined my trip to Australia with the, the yes. trade he pulled off. Was yeah, this, I, was this the a, Manning deal? Yes. Yes. I've got a problem with uh, Bruce McCurdy actually from the journal for bringing that back into my world, my orbit on Twitter today. <laughs> oh. I'd forgotten about it. Yeah, that sucked. Um, and again, though, that's why, like when we talked about what could the Oilers do to spark this? Like, I don't think going out and just making like an off the cuff, like I'm going to mix it up with a trade. Like that shit doesn't always go well for you. And you just sit there in desperation and are like, well, we got to make it. You're not mixing it up. You're like going out and getting a really yeah. fucking key. Awesome piece like that that sends an amazing signal and sign to the, to the team. But that deal's um, not out there right now. Something like that. Well, a lot of these big fucking blockbuster deals aren't out there. They get, they just get pulled off and we got to start fucking, we got to go, we got to go Kevin Lowe in 06 mode, man. I, we can shit on him for a GM, but what he pulled off in 06 was fucking magic. Well, because if you look at back at that, uh, he picked up old Tricky Dick Tarnstrom and Spachak earlier in the in January, February, I believe, if I remember correctly. Those weren't deadline pickups. Mm-hmm. He got those done earlier. Yeah, they could benefit from a few trades. I just, I just don't know if it's in the cards right now. I think it's. Be I just don't believe Ken Hall. I just don't believe Ken Hall can do it. They just need to be like that's the thing. Like we need, we need to do stuff. Like if we're going to start taking runs, it is blatant where we are deficient. And yes. the fact we're just going to sit on our hands and just hope that hope for a different outcome, even though that the pieces aren't there to to create it, is getting fucking silly. And we got to do it. The time is now. Do it. Fucking do it. Well, and Please I would have no i I would have no idea, but organizationally, you'd think some seats are heating up a little bit, right? You would hope. Yeah, you would hope for sure. I just don't know that they are. This is the Oilers. Time is I am. I am not feeling very optimistic going into 2022 after recording <laughs> these two podcasts that we did today. It's like, you know, they, they better fucking win these next two games to restore some sort of faith here. Because I mean, I am fully living and dying with the roller coaster ride that is this season. And right now, after that loss and after looking at the options for the deadline and the cap situation going forward, it's really easy to sit here and get pretty fucking bummed out, which sucks. 
Let's just do some shit. Yep. Let's just do some shit. Just well, do I, some shit. Do it. I wonder, do it. like, even just the the rumblings are growing for why the Oilers should look for a coaching change. Is that the kind of shakeup they need? I don't know. Ken Holland doesn't generally do it, but Dave Tippett has also said he has no interest in negotiating a new contract midseason. And this is the end of his deal. If he's not, is he in it a hundred percent? I don't know. I'm just asking questions as they say. And that's, that's something that Rick brought up too. Like a coach goes, I'm going to let the year play out and then decide. I, I kind of sit there and go, you know, do you not believe in this team's ability or your ability to guide them to a Stanley cup over the next three years? Cause if you don't, then. Or is he not believe in his GM's ability to support him with what he needs? Well then either way, something's got to give. Either way is a problem. I agree. I can't, uh, bef- see, I can't see coaching the two best players in the world that him waiting and seeing is, is him questioning either himself or his team. I believe it's him questioning what more he can, what, what, how much support he's going to get yeah. like in a deadline deal or something else. Cause that just makes no sense. Maybe he's questioning the team right now. I mean, you got the two best players in the world, make it work. And then, a, and then a, like, we are via Nuge and time and all these supportive players make the most out of them, get the best out of them quickly before we wrap up. I uh, only got a couple more days left in the calendar year, which means a couple more days. Use the promo code oodle 2021 gets you $7 off your order of $30 or more when you combine it with DoorDash. So go on DoorDash. You can either use the promo code real life DD. If it's your first order or oodle 2021 teamed up with oodle noodle and uh, save yourself some, some money here. You don't want to be cooking on new year's Eve. Come on. Um, quickly before we go cold as shit outside Chalmers. Have you been working on the outdoor rink? What's the latest? Uh, no, since it's got really cold, I haven't done a damn thing. Um, it's just, it's, it's being nicely hibernated or insulated with snow on top of it. When I finally go out there to do some work on it, which is going to happen this weekend, and it's going to be nice. It's going to be beautiful. I just know it because it, it went to bed with all this snow and cold, very nice. Um, but no, we, I, we haven't been doing anything outside. My dog won't even go. He doesn't even want to go outside to throw a ball around for 20 minutes. Yeah. Take him to Home Depot, Chalmers. Take him to Home Depot. Yeah, I know. I saw you do that. I saw you do that. Um, but one other thing before we leave, I want to apologize. I, I wasn't prepared to talk fantasy football. The guys in our fantasy football league, the nation league, the guys that support us from day one on this podcast and on that net fantasy football league. Uh, we're just, uh, well, I got to apologize to them because driving with a bad connection, not a great time for me to break down the league and give them all their due props. So it is coming. Yep. Sounds good. We'll have that to look forward to next week and more. We'll recap a couple of Oilers games on Monday as well. Uh, shout out to DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, HGA Group, Twiggaberries, Trades Link, Tourism, Jasper, who I mean, fuck, I hope the weather's better when we do some stuff with them, and fansfirst.ca. That's going to do it for another episode of the Real Life Podcast. Busy game day tomorrow and the day after around Oilers Nation. So keep it locked and all that good stuff. Enjoy your weekend and happy new year. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Real Life Podcast. Don't want to miss any of our nonsense? Hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.